Kia Koto. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Uh, it's Friday. It is Friday. Um, and I am here with the epically beautiful Rachel Tane. Uh, Rachel is a social worker, a mama, an advocate, an MC, and a survivor, and and looks especially beautiful when dressed as a vagina. I have to say, <laughs> it suits you well, my love. It suits you well. Um, where are you right now? I know you're I, in your bedroom. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, I'm in a our spare room um slash office slash hair extension room. Um yeah, just room that the kids come into because it's got the better Wi-Fi. Yeah. So the multi-purpose room really. But um I'm in Papa Moa in Tauranga in the Bay of Plenty. Beautiful. Um and how is the weather today? It is pretty dull here, but I'm hoping for some sunshine. Family is um been a really interesting one up here so it's cloudy today but it's extremely humid and like muggy so um yeah you kind of look out the side and you go oh yuck it's going to be cold and you get out and then I just start sweating I mean I sweat as soon as I just walk but <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's um warm so that's good yeah yes and I like to start by asking my guests how are you and then how are you <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just skip to the second, how are you? Um, yeah. yeah, this week I'm really good. Today I'm good. Um, if you had asked me this question probably a few months ago, you'd I'd probably say I was good, but I actually wasn't. Um, I'm really good, yeah. So I'm probably on the other end of recovering from burnout. I had really extreme burnout. Um, yeah, hence why I left frontline crisis social work a few months ago, a couple of months ago um but yeah I'm actually really good yeah have my ups and my downs as we all do and um yeah how are you uh I'm all right today actually I've done my gym workout um and somebody's like how do you fit in I was like I literally did 20 minutes like I put the tv on I don't feel bad my kid watches it I go outside I run around I do some weights I do some press-ups and it's 20 minutes and I'm like I'm done that's it so, so it's like I feel good I've done that I've got you know got some water in my body got 10 liters of coffee in there yeah. um I've chucked myself around for the school holidays and I'm all right I'm all right I'm, I'm getting it I'm getting my first tattoo on Sunday ah! hey exciting we're like I know and I'm like it feels like you know when you go I don't know if you can remember can you remember your first one where yeah. was your first one yeah my first one was on the back of my neck which is a um it's my star sign Virgo um, the reason why I remember it too is um, the person who did it, Matty, um, it was down in Christchurch and sadly he was killed in the Christchurch earthquake. So even though the back of my neck tattoo is not like amazing piece of art, it's really special, you know, because yeah. Um, and it's funnily enough, I got it, I can't remember how old I was, but I hid it for so long from my mum. And I remember one day I was in the kitchen, put my hair up and she was like, what is that? (laughs) Like, what, what? And then she's like, oh my God, you got a tattoo. And like, if people know me, then they can see that I'm covered from here. Well, not covered, but yeah, I just recently got the sides of my face tattooed and she hasn't really said anything. I think she's just kind of gone to that stage now where she's like, whatever you know whatever it was so funny because my mum was here last month and I was talking about it and she and I'm 44 and she's like I can't believe you're doing that and I'm like yeah but you've got you've got your ears pierced like you know these these traditions have been around for a million years and it's skin and I've thought about it and I'm just excited now I just want to get it on 
Yay. And we're all going to, you know, die and be wrinkly and, you know, all, at the end of the day, we all end up the same way. And it's like, I know seeing real tattooed old, like elderly, mature people. Oh, I think it looks red. Like, yeah, totally. And I, I said to the woman who's going to do it. Um, so uh, is this a star of an addiction? And she just went a thousand percent, like a thousand percent. And I was just like, I can't, can't afford it. <laughs> so I'm very I am I'm very excited I'm gonna go to bed early she's like go to bed early have some water you're gonna be in here for quite a long time it's gonna be all good so I'm like it feels a little bit like Christmas I'm a bit like I'm so excited you have to see me a photo when you get it done yes I will so we we've got similar like kind of obviously we're not similar but we've got like we've got experience around that social work space Mm. and when I heard when I first met you and you started talking about the acknowledgement of that burnout we were we were saying last week at work you know social workers in this country eight to ten years done yeah and I'm, I was like well one that's not good enough but also being now a manager in that space and trying to look after people who look after people I constantly come back to it's this is a marathon work yeah and we are treating people we're supposed to be, you know, we're, we're in a, a business of looking after people and supporting people and making people, trying to help people be well. Yeah. But actually, we're not doing that for the people who work for us. Yeah, yeah. Where? So firstly, where did that social work, I know this is a massive question for you, but where yeah. did that social work journey stem from? And mm. at what point did you go, I am, I'm not, maybe not done forever, I don't know. But yeah. where am I, I'm, do, I'm actually done at the minute. Yeah, for sure. So my social work, um, I didn't even know what social work really was um, until I became clean. So um, I won't go into my life story because it will be here for five hours, but um, I recovered from a methamphetamine addiction around the age of 19. So I went to rehab and it was a residential rehab in Blenheim called St. Mark's. And that's where I first sort of um, engaged with people who um terrified me (laughs) um because they could you know they were trained in this area to be able to sit and be able to pull out your you know your bull bullshit um and they were there to to walk beside you through your journey of recovering from addiction whether that was um any you know meth alcohol food like anything um everyone had different walks of of life in that rehab um and the people that worked with us we're incredible you know there's obviously it was like going to school in a way because you learn life skills and you do all these things but there were the the counselors and the therapists that terrified the shit out of you um and you were like oh you know I remember Janie and if she was on everyone was like okay we can't do this we can't do that and then you'd learn um that with the other guy that had fall asleep at the desk so you'd be able to turn the tv on for the night or something um but there was one common thing with all these people and is they were there because they wanted to, um, like you said, help um, or support people in a journey of, of wellness. Um, and sadly, the, the success rate at that time, so this is 20, sorry, not 20, 2009, 2010, can't remember. Um, I think it was like 3% of people make it out of um, rehab, you know, they graduate and they carry on. Um, don't know what it is now, to be honest, it's probably lower because um, back then it was hard to get into rehab, it's even harder now. Um, and when I finished and I stayed in contact with one lady and I still talk to her to this day, her name's Debbie. Um, and I just was so, so admired and inspired by these people, you know, they all had their own sort of journey too, um, whatever that might've been, it might've been them or their loved ones. 
but you just saw the grind that they did and the, the shit that they had to deal with us, like in our dramas. Because when you have addicts all in a house, I think it was 12 of us, there's always drama, you know. Oh, <laughs> like, Lord. Oh, yeah, Lord. <laughs> different stages of detoxing. <laughs> so I'd been clean for six months before I went into rehab because the wait list was so long. So I'd done a detox prior at a um, you know residential place in Christchurch before going. Um, but yeah, and then when I got out, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be, even if it's one person in my life that I help to get clean because of the trauma that I went through with my addiction days and prior to that too um you know like it's really really lonely and um for these people to just be there with you right through and then see you just like at the end and um it really inspired me and I was like what how can I do this and she gave me a job not straight away but at a residential um youth drug and alcohol site in Christchurch Odyssey House and so I was a support worker there and I was like yeah this is what I want to do so that was where my social work um, journey began um, and then now so that was you know 12 years ago I don't do maths um, whatever it was and then I did my degree at, when I moved to Tauranga um, I started Bachelor of Addiction Studies with Wildtech but then the Christchurch earthquake ruined that and had a break for other reasons um, and then moved to Tauranga to be with my now husband Tiki and moved with my daughter who was three at the time or something um, started my social work degree here so that was four years um, graduated in 2020 and went straight into it so I've always worked in a space of helping you know whether that was um, support work or whatever um, and being an empath and being someone that struggles with boundaries because I do like to give my all um, burnout was real like I'd work more hours than I'm supposed to but as you know too Jane um, we're living in a climate right now where um, we have, we're, we're stretched. We don't have houses. The cost of living is high. Addiction is out the gate. We don't just have meth addicts. We've got, you know, everything else, alcohol. We've got um, people trying to survive. So when you, for example, when I was working in the domestic violence space at Tauranga Women's Refuge in the last um, sort of 10 months, um, not only are we trying to deal with the violence and trying to, you know, afi these wahine and the rangatahi through um, a safe path they also had no home to go to they couldn't afford to live on their own they may or may not be struggling with addiction um, you know suicidal ideation or attempts mental health disorders so it was just you know, like we're just so tapped out um, and so people would say oh you know leave your work at work and make sure you use supervision and make sure you know you're, you're doing self-care and I listened to one of your podcasts just before and it was around self-care and what even is that Self-care is not having a face mask and a, you know, painting your toenails. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, and the reality is for many of our social workers is that we can't afford to um, have time off for a start um, because we don't get paid great. And if you're in, you know, those sort of roles um, and also we don't, yeah, like the, the work doesn't go away. It piles up. So if you have two weeks off work, I mean, it's not enough to recover anyway, but the violence and all that stuff doesn't go away. It just piles yep. up when you get back to work so you get back to work and you're like ah where do I begin and then you know you take stuff on board because you you know you do you've been working with people you're seeing progress you might get sick or whatever and take you know a couple of weeks off work and then they've gone back to the abuser and they're back in hospital so there is some stuff there that you take on board absolutely yeah um and so I started getting really um angry not um not at work but I come home and just I just wasn't approachable. Um, I was not a nice wife. Um, just really irritable, you know, and just yeah, yeah. And then 
comparing my kids lives to other kids that I'd seen they're living in cars and being like oh you know you guys are so ungrateful like you've got this but my children you know that's not their fault you know they shouldn't have to know what it's like to be like that no child should so um my husband said to me look um you've got a choice to make here um I can support you for the next few months while you get well because I nearly ended up in hospital I had a massive anxiety attack um thought I was dying I've never had an anxiety attack before I don't know what brought it on literally was getting my brows and my lashes done (laughs) (laughs) self-care great great timing lay down on the bed and just spun out and was like ring an ambulance and um my friend was like oh my god and I was like oh my god I'm gonna die this is how I'm gonna die and (laughs) I was like my exercise had stopped for a long time because I was burnt out and I just you know I stopped socializing um you know like I think people think burnout's just being tired but it's actually so much more than that. And um, it's a physical, spiritual, mental, um, whānau, like the whole shabam, and you can get really sick. Um, so I handed in my notice and they were really wicked because sadly so many social workers have experienced burnout um, and even more so these days. Like I'm reading about it all over the world. Um, and they were like, the door's always open, you go get well. I was getting real irritable at work as well just with some some people that you kind of support and they just keep doing the same shit over and over again and you know me and you both know that you know you do the same thing over again you don't get different results but a lot of the people we support uh, they don't know how to do other anything else you know it's unsafe for them to make change um so I was like I'm not I'm not safe I'm not a safe I'm not practicing safe um I'm not good at home so that was it I was like right um I'm the most financially broke I've ever been in my life, but I'm the most peaceful and happiest I've ever been as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and- I mean, the the acknowledgement of the fact that you, you know, you see, I see this all the time in social workers who I've, I've been in this industry for 20 years and I'm like, you should have left fucking 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And the acknowledgement of you actually stepping back and saying, this is not working for me anymore. And then doing something about it is massive. Yeah. And I think too, because, you know, my life has been go, 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 go since I remember like way, way way back to childhood. I've never had a break. Like um, there's trauma, addiction, um, pregnant, you know, addiction, rehab, pregnant, study, moving, family court stuff, and just never have had a break. And so um, for me to stop at um, my ego and all that was kind of like, you're a failure, you know? Um, I failed and because I've got a $60,000 student loan I'm like oh cool now I'm not using it but um, I'll get more into like what I'm doing now anyway which is um, has been really amazing for me Um, and I wish that I'd done this so much sooner what I'm doing now but um, another thing too which is what inspired me to make change was when I interviewed you and you know um, heaps of other people in Queenstown and after that event, so that was Woman on Top that we did in Queenstown, one of our sort of female empowerment speaker series events where we raise money for charity. Um, and I had the best time, but that week following that, I had a massive mental breakdown, not massive mental breakdown, it's probably an exaggeration. Uh, but I just was like, something needs to change. I need to change. And I think as women, we always, we're very overqualified because we're always trying to, you know, in a patriarchal society, we're trying to climb the ladder, 
we're like, we need this, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, when in reality, we're actually so much more qualified. Um, and so I always looked around and had envy of people going, why, why can they do it? Why can't I do it? Why is, you know, this person, um, you know, influencer and, and making, you know, five times more than I am, and I'm slugging my ass off in the community, trying to help people, and I'm, I'm financially struggling. So I had this real negative mindset, a real jealous mindset, envious, so to say. Um, and then I was like, man, I've overcome some stuff in my life. And like, even an addiction, I it was hard to stop because I was like, I can't. And so I was like, well, I can, I have before I've, I've made change before. Um, and so I just had to bite the bullet and, you know, go, right, I'm going to make some change here and it's going to be hard. And it has been financially really hard, especially with Tiki's uh, financial year ending at the moment or end, you know, <laughs> so, but I'm more present and he's like, you're finally back to yourself. Yeah. yeah. My kids. Yeah. 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 And isn't it, isn't it a freeing it's such a freeing feeling to actually just stop because I was a whirlwind. You know, I was a whirlwind from since I, my mom was like, you popped out and you never stopped. <laughs> and actually to stop, you know, after 10 years of therapy, say to my therapist, my therapist, you said to me, you are thinking about what you're doing after this session right now, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And then the day I said, I'm not doing that. I'm actually here. She was like, wow. Like the, yeah. the, the slowing down. I think also the the comparison, and I talked about this at that event, the comparison we lay on ourselves that other people are doing it better, faster, stronger. They're not. They're not. Nobody is doing anything that's that it, that's better, faster, more. You know, no one is doing that at all. People, the people who we seemingly think are successful and whatever that means to you are literally just doing one step after another and usually very slowly. Mm, Yeah. And and I think what we do, and I talk about this in coaching sessions so much, is we zoom out to, I want to be 37 million steps in front of where I am right now. I am, and that other person is where I want to be. Why can't I have that right now? What? And then we start layering all that shit on yeah. ourselves. You're lazy. You're not doing it right. You're not, da, 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 da. it's too hard. I'm too scared. When actually what you just need to do is just one small thing after another. That's it. There is no golden ticket to anything. <laughs> no, there isn't. Yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. And um, I think that's the thing. Eh? It's um, that consistency and everything I've done in my life has always been all or nothing. Hence why I'm um, currently, you know, on the list to get an ADHD assessment, which would, and I'm not all about labels. I, you know, I don't think that things define us if we've got some sort of thing attached to us, but it helps to understand behavior. Um, But yeah, I've always been all or nothing real, like right now, instant gratification, boom, boom, boom. And I think for me, it's, it's been the hard part um, in this journey of uh, rediscovering myself and, and, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone and, and giving things a go. And Tiki actually got me a book uh, for Christmas and it was called Burnout to Brilliance. That was actually the book that made me hand my resignation in. <laughs> so uh, she's a, a wahine that lives in Waiheke Island that wrote the book and I've lent it to someone else, another social worker, because I think she's going to quit too. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you're on a you're on a a, a journey to allow <laughs> social workers to stop yeah. doing what they're doing. I'm like so, the social worker for the social workers. I know, I love it. So <laughs> the, 
the fact that you so you've acknowledged that that wasn't working so mm. moving into because I know being at one of the events where you spoke you 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 are an all or nothing girl you know how can you make sure then that you look after yourself in that space because one of the questions I wrote down was you, you are very open about your experience and where you've been and where you've come from how do you make sure that you not only look after yourself but you look after the people hearing that stuff because mm. that's also really important is yeah. for the you know the sharing of that stuff that makes yeah. sure that you can obviously can't look after everybody else mm. but you can at least acknowledge that you can look after yourself and then other yeah. people can hear that yeah for sure and I think um and as you probably can maybe relate in being in a space, we don't get desensitized, but I think so many topics become normalized for us. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, you know, I might share my story at times and I see the look on some people's faces and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just how it is, you know. And um, I've definitely become more mindful in, in terms of, of what I share and how I share it and trying to take down, you know, like it's, so it's a it's a talent in itself to be able to share your your journey, especially when it's super colourful. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I've actually just signed to a management company, and they're going to be helping me in training around that. And, you know, and also I think for me too, is that now I'm stepping into the space of keynote speaking, um, and contracting and facilitating more. Um, that will kind of be more managed, but also I value myself rather than just sharing because I want to like inspire people it's like actually this is this is my career this is my pathway now and I am worth to be paid to share you know my story or be paid to, you know to be booked for whatever and I so I think for that like it kind of helps me to navigate um or pick my battles I guess you know not just to go hundy all the time um but yeah I, I definitely think uh, having you know COVID was was shit for, for many um, and, you know, people got sick, really sick. People died, whether it was from that or the vaccine or whatever. Um, but for me, it was a massive moment of self-realization as well and where I'm going in my life and how much I want to, of myself I want to put out there. So especially this year, I've definitely kind of chosen to stay in my lane, so to say, a bit more, which has been um, really good in terms of self-care. Yeah. I don't know if the answer yeah. Um, no 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 it does because I like back to the self-care conversation you know I I often you know it, it's so true it's like just go for a manicure and you'll everything will be fine and it's like well actually the 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 way that we feel about self-care comes from whoever we were around when we were little yeah. and if we had a mom or a dad or whoever looked after us mm. who who didn't understand what that meant or didn't make it a priority or ran around and looked after everybody else 24 seven. Yeah. We're yeah, also yeah. going to take that on because our parents are our first teachers or all the people who brought us up. So on, on, on like unwrapping that and, and kind of starting to really look into where did I learn that from and who, mm. who taught me that is, is massive and not everybody will ever acknowledge that or understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Eh? Especially if you've grown up in a home of, um, you know, someone that struggles with, addiction or mental health and you've had a parent that's been the carer for that person or you know or if you've been in a home with domestic violence you know what is self-care you know and we usually learn that um and, and sadly for so many youth um 
you know, they've got to learn to self, you know, self-regulate themselves yep. at such a young age. And so, yeah, um, yeah, it's massive. Like the self-care, the self-care topic is a whole another podcast. In itself. Oh, it's a whole yeah. other podcast. So yeah. you, you know, you're moving away from being an employee employer to being in a to being no from being an employee to being your own business kind of business owner which yeah. <laughs> having come from owning my own business a few times it, it is extremely stressful yeah <laughs> how are you what what's already popped up in front of you that's created blocks for you like you oh, just you know you talked about it kind of a, not imposter syndrome but you talked about like I am worthy of yeah what's come in front of your face already the IRD um just trying to get my head around that and just you know sorry the dogs are barking all right we've had dogs and cats and babies and all sorts on these podcasts (laughs) okay great great um yeah so I think you know the end of the text here sorry hang on you're probably gonna have to enter your this but shush (laughs) (laughs) um like the bonus in saying that, though, is that I now use an app called Henry. So all my pay goes into right. Henry. It sorts everything out. So H-N-R-Y for anyone yep. that's interested in that. Um, great for soul traders. Like, amazing. Um, but for me, yeah, I think it's that whole, um, you know, am I doing this right? But what is that? What even is right? And also, I think for me, financially, because, you know, like we were talking about before, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and just have this big pay packet. And, you know, it's funny because like money, talking about money is always quite a taboo thing. Um, and it's always been taboo from, and throughout my life because money was always used as a control and power thing. Um, but I think it's that consistency and also acknowledging too that I am in a privileged position to have a husband that can and does support our household. You know, because um, while I sit here and say, oh, my husband's like, I'll take some time off and get better and work out what you want to do and um, do it and I'll support you. That's very, very rare that that happened for a lot of people. Um, so I'm very, very lucky. So I do want to acknowledge that. Um, it's not easy, you know, but it, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. So, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's kind of trying to time manage. Time management for me is really hard. Yeah. Oh, yes, because I was just thinking in my mind that, you know, the the speed at which you operate the the actual well, just just I just know this through working with so many women around the actual stopping and sitting down and doing the work. And I say that in inverted commas. And often people will go, what is that? The work, you know, you see everywhere. Do the work, do the work. It's like, what is that? And some of that is sitting and actually working on your business around how your systems are set up, how you how you respond to email how you what you give yourself the time to spend on um getting really really clear here I am giving you some advice but (laughs) getting really really clear on how you spend your time on a day-to-day basis is one of the first things I get people to do Mm. so actually get very clear on how much time are you spending on that or on that or on that and that literally means putting a timer on and writing it down there are apps out there that you can use and then at the end of the week you can go oh my god I spent four hours on that thing and I thought it was only going to take me 15 minutes yeah so getting really clear on what the work that the you know the quick and dirty work that you need to do anyway yeah 
that just, you know, go to the chemist and pick up the thing and do the thing. But then the actual work that you need to get done that's going to actually move your business. Yeah, for sure. Into, right. a, into so another I'm quite, stage. I'm quite lucky in that space is that um, the contracting work that I'm doing um, is all already there for me, if that makes sense. Yep. It's with uh, sensitive claims, um, which there are only, people are allocated 10 hours for a social worker. So there's that. And then the other contract is to the sexual violence prevention service here, sexual harm support service. So it's all my, so I go into the schools and I deliver and co-facilitate a program called consent education um, with year nine to year 13. And so the hour session, so we do that. And all we do is invoice and obviously debrief. That's probably about it. And then, um, yeah, the other thing is around, you know, the, the keynote speaking and that. And for me, I like to be busy. So I think my time management side of things is more of like, okay, if I have a spare day, have a spare day, don't go, oh, I need to I'm gonna fill it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Cause I'll be like, oh, I could do three lots of hair extensions. Cause I do hair extensions as well. I started that in 2010 after I got out of rehab. Um, so yeah, so that's me. I'm like, okay, if I've got a spare day, I can't waste it. You know, like yeah. yesterday, I had a spare day and went to the gym twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And allowing yourself to have, like have time to actually dream about what you want your business or your work to look like or yeah. feel like, like yeah. that is work. We we think, ah, oh, I'm just going to do a journaling and I'm going to do a vision board. Oh, it's just a random thing. But it's like, no, no, that actually is the work around starting to really get into what it is you want and what you yeah. want to feel like. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. just really important stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a minefield, total minefield, man, honestly. But you're doing a good job. Like you've you, you've actually said this is what I I don't want to I don't want to feel like that anymore. Mm. So I'm gonna try and move away from and and the, I think the, the the trick is that when you move into something new, it's to actually really identify what that thing is that you don't want and didn't want to yeah. feel like and how that cannot be part of this bit here. Yeah, um, sure. and that's yeah. a whole other, ex, you know, exciting episode that we could yeah. go down. Um, yeah. Are you ready for yeah. some quick fire questions? Yes, let's go. Okay. Um, a time I needed to admit I was wrong, but didn't. Oh, <laughs> so many times of my life. I think this happens. Um, you know, oh god, I didn't. I would have been. Oh, this is really hard. Mm. Oh, gosh. The, yeah. So I don't want to be like, oh, it was probably my addiction days because there would have been times since then because I don't want to sound like, oh, look at me, I know everything, I'm perfect. Like, I worry all the time. Um, but I actually can't think. Like, I'm pretty, I, I will say, I'm really good at owning my my wrong owning my own shit it takes me it takes me a while I like to have my time in my space to be able to go away and process it I might lose my you know marbles a little bit before that and sort of use a few swear words but um if I go away and process stuff I'll go okay I was wrong there yeah um, also at the yeah. same time I'll say sorry and it's what comes after that if I keep doing yeah. the same I'm the same I'm yeah. totally the same yeah. um the book I recommend most often yeah <laughs> at the moment it is um Burn out to brilliance. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that would be yeah. one that you would yeah. recommend. Yeah. Um, one thing you want to get rid of in the world? Oh, gosh. <laughs> one thing I want to get rid of in the world would be just 
people that, <laughs> no, behaviors of people um, that just don't need to exist, like racism and homophobia and transphobia and just people that have to have an opinion about stuff that doesn't actually affect them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And probably, to be honest, social media. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I like it. What yeah. very tiny, small thing brings you joy? Very small, tiny thing that brings me joy. <laughs> Funnily enough, um, so a friend, a couple of friends own a business called Girls Get Off. So it's a <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. I knew it. This is not an ad either, by the way. No, um, no. No, so they um, have vibrators, but it's all around, the education side of it is around normalizing female pleasure because it's so taboo, you know. Um, but yeah, the little Missy Mini. So that's a little tiny pleasure. And um, yeah, it's my favorite and it's super quiet, really cute. And funny, real quick, funny story is my daughter found it one day and was like, what is this? And my husband was in the room and he was like, oh, oh it's a face uh, massager. So she's like, oh, face. <laughs> so right, we clean it. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that, yeah, girls get off, check them out. I keep expecting my five-year-old to find Tiff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiff. <laughs> yes, tiff, so I find Tiff quite a hard one, actually. But then, oh, the other joy thing would be um, the vagina suit. I had so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is a joy <laughs> to behold. I'm going to find it and put it online because that picture yeah, was just Because it is my photo. <laughs> totally love it. Uh, manicure, pedicure? Um, what's what one? What's the hands? Uh, pedicure. Oh, pedicure? Oh, manicure, manicure. Yeah. Pedicure's feet. Yeah, I should do my feet, but no. Hands. Yeah. Uh, country you'd visit right now if you could? Right now would be Brazil because my friend's getting married and oh. all of our friends are over there at the moment. Beautiful. Favourite place to sit? My ass. <laughs> um, at the beach. Yeah. Beach is a good one. Uh, watch left or right? Left. And favourite New Zealand biscuit? Oh, favourite New Zealand biscuit. I'm not really a biscuit person. Um, oh, off the top of my head, um toffee pops when they've been in the fridge oh yeah do you know what I went to a social work meeting yesterday a police meeting and somebody brought ginger nuts and I nearly fucking punched them and I'm like oh, really? I am in a non-violence meeting and you and then somebody like out of the side of their bag brought out squiggles and I was oh, like we're gonna be yeah, friends, friends forever Oh, but I'm like, ginger nuts in a meeting it's they're too loud ginger nuts are yeah. the shittest I was like I actually said to this cop these are the shittest biscuits in New Zealand. And he's like, I can arrest you for saying that. And I was like, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, Rachel, you're a total legend. You are. Um, been great. Thank you so much for sitting with us and your dog barking away. I love it. Sorry about that. Um, yes, I'm pick the kids up. So I yeah. love it. And yeah. we will catch you very soon. Thank you. Lovely to see you and chat with Amazing. you. Amazing. Bye.